I have the privilege to um, bring this message today, and it's a, a, Pastor Dan and I were talking, and it's kind of bringing a segue between the eight, ten weeks of presence of God and what we're going into. So that was just a huge undertaking of Pastor Dan, the presence of God is like, just talk about God for ten weeks, like, you need to do it 24-7 to try to even, you know, even touch explaining the presence of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God is like, Physically, in a human body, I don't think you can do it. So um, he did an awesome job at it, and I really feel like hopefully you, you're pulling something out of that. You're bringing something that with you, and um, we're going to spur it on into the next series. And um, in the middle, I'm going to try to segue or tee that up for him so he can move on from there. So um, I was kind of thinking about what to talk about, but we actually in our in the youth group right now, we're starting to just pick a theme for a month and just go after it and. Um, talk about it, and I remember kind of growing up in school, and I wanted to just talk to people but about, like, issues that matter, questions that matter in the teen's life, but I remember when I was in school, like, the teacher would be talking to me, and they'd be um, talking to me, talking to class, but uh, I would often raise the question, raise my hand, like, are we ever going to need this in our life? Like, I'm sorry for all, I'm going to apologize for all the teachers I had, and growing up in high school, like, I have what you, you reap what you sow. So I got, I teach middle school and high school now at our church. So uh, I'm getting my dose right back. But uh, uh, praise Jesus. Um, but I would always raise my hand. I'd be like, seriously, are we ever going to need this? Do I need to know about like an English class? Do I need to know anything about poetry? Do I need to like, if that's your thing, poetry, enjoy it. But me is like, I do not care. But if they said, if they didn't give me a straight answer or like, here's a practical application that you're going to need this in your life. I'm like, I'm, I'm gone. I just switched my brain. I'm out hunting. I'm out fishing. I am out playing sports. I am doing something else. I am not present. I am not engaged. Like this is not relevant to me. So my heart is, is all that I teach, all that I talk about in our youth group is it's got to be relevant. It's got to be practical to your life. It's got to be something that you're going to take and you're going to use out in your life in your Christian walk. You're going to have it. So if it's not relevant to you, like, I can just, I can watch our youth group. I can watch them and it's like, powered down. So uh, hopefully you get something out of this. Hopefully you grab something out of this. Um, and the title's already up there. But uh, my title was, What's the Point? And I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Like, what's the point of Christianity? There's so many aspects and facets you can go into Christianity. But really, what is the main core of it? What is what our church is diving into, what we're digging into right now. It's a, hopefully it's a now word that we're speaking, a now word that we're talking about, and we're um, presence of God, what it produces and where we're going to. So I just felt God laid it on my heart to talk about this. What's the point? Where are we going? Um, what needs to be our focus in this season? So um, what's the point? The point is love. So I gave you the answer. Don't check out on me. Let me just, let me develop that a little bit for you. But honestly, I love that Rich said, you know, I, I love God. I love God. I love Jesus. Like he just, he is so good to my soul. He's so good to me. And it's like, I, I am not overwhelmed and undone when I look at the cross and I think about what Jesus did. Woo! Like if I'm not undone by that, like why am I doing here? What is the point? What is the point if I'm not overwhelmed by God's love and I want to go share that with the world? What's the point? What is the point if I don't have that? If I don't have that being my first love, my foremost, if that's not there, what's the point? 
This is an empty building with songs sung out of it. But if that's not the point, if that's not the relevant thing, my life devoted to Jesus, what is the point? What is the point? So um, the Bible over and over and over talks about it. I was trying to look up like, how many times the Bible say the word love? So I didn't go through and count. I didn't really have time for that this week. But uh, you Google it and it's like, usually Google is very reputable, very resourceful. It's like, they gave me something from like 200 to like 800. So it's in there a lot. I just know that. That's what God is. God even says, God is love. So it's in there. So it's in there all over there. Read about it. It's The Bible is a love story of how God made a way for us to have a relationship with him. That's all he desires. That's all he wants. It's a love story. So, um, and that's awkward for a, that's awkward for a guy to say it's a love story. We're the bride of Christ. I talked about last week in youth, like we're the bride of Christ and middle schoolers. That's weird. You know, so it's like, uh, and it was weird for me. It's, it's starting to be awkward. I came to this church first and like, um, I came out, I grew up in the church, but not like a hugging church. And the guys were hugging guys. I was like, oh, these guys are kind of fruity. But honestly, if you're, if you're abiding in God, you're producing fruit. So we're a fruity church. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, all right, there's that. But uh, so verse I wanted to like start and I want to dive into the word, but the verse that I wanted to start off with is the love chapter of the Bible. Um, Paul talks about 1 Corinthians 13. And I just pulled the section out of one through three. And this is kind of going to be where I'm focusing today, what I'm talking about today. Um, so let's dive into it and read what it says. So it's up there. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanking cymbal. So honestly, to like do a demonstration of this, I don't know what's going on. Like the it seems like in every church, not just ours, but the church's youth room is like the Bermuda Triangle. Stuff like appears and disappears all the time at random. So we, we just like, I closed the door one week. When I left here, opened up Sunday morning, there's like a cymbal and a snare drum. That's all we have on the whole stage. But it's like, dang, so. Uh, but if you're a clanging cymbal, like think about that. And a clanging cymbal, unless you're like Tom and got a little rhythm, like if you're just beating a cymbal, it's in somebody's face, it's obnoxious and it's annoying. So without love, that's what Paul demonstrates. Like that's what he's talking about. You're obnoxious and you're annoying if you don't have love. So <clears throat> I, my mind, like this is where I go to teach middle schoolers, but like, I want to walk around the crowd and like get in somebody's face. Jesus loves you. You need to come to church. Jesus loves you. Right, you know, but then uh, verse five says, uh, it does not behave rudely. So that's what love is. So that kind of got shot down by Jesus. So uh, <laughs> that idea is gone. But think about it. You know, somebody is annoying. Somebody is a, a loud, a clanging symbol. And that's the best thing that Paul came up with to be like, you're just obnoxious. And it's, this is before the advent of a chalkboard. So Paul couldn't use, you know, the, somebody, I'm looking for the people that hate the nails on the chalkboards. But I was, I was also thinking the movie, you know, Ace Ventura, when he gets the ceramic plate and the metal fortunes, scratching on it like crazy. It's like, turn it off. People don't want to hear it. Honestly, if you think about this, but I want to use that example, though. That's what Paul is, that's what Paul is using. And honestly, it might be a funny analogy that Paul's using back then, like somebody that's a resounding gong, 
some Chinese guys whacking a gong in your face. Like, that's annoying. So that's what Paul is really saying. Like, if we don't have our first priority as love, like, the church is not going to listen to you. Actually, they're going to shut their ears off to you. That is not effective. That is not what ministry is called to be. So if you have, and he just goes on to explain, if I have all these gifts, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I have nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not loved, it profits me nothing. You can walk this out. You can be a martyr for Christ, he says even. You can be burned at the stake or give your body to be burned. You can sell everything, give it all away. But if you're not, if love isn't your foremost, like, it's all nothing. It's rubbish. So I was kind of thinking about that. Like, honestly, like, my heart really is my, what I teach from and what I think about is, like, my heart really goes out to the people that have been influenced or touched by people in the church, but then they're offended at the church. They've, somebody has taken the cross and just, or their Bible and beat them over the head with it and just, I don't know, stabbed them in the neck with a cross. Like they're really offended at the church and they're really turned off to the church. And it's like, oh, that is not, no, no, that was wrong. That's not it. That's not what Jesus is about. Let me teach you about it. Let me, let me tell you what he's really about. Let me tell you what he's like. It's like, that's not it. The, uh, you know, the, People living a lifestyle that you don't agree with, it's, you need to get right with God. You know, you need to get to church. You need to quit drinking, smoking, chewing. You got to do like everything. You immediately start nitpicking. You start looking at that people as, not as Christ says, but as their faults, as their shortcoming. And God doesn't do that to you. God doesn't do that to us. And I know there's a, there's a careful, like you can be, you know, the uber grace, like, oh, God loves me right where I'm at. You know, like God loves me no matter what. God loves me right where I'm at. That's true, but he loves you to call you up out of that. He loves you to call you up higher. He loves you to bring you up higher into a better place, to be formed in his likeness, he says. To get, to grow into him, to get closer to him, to move to him. (laughs) Like, I was kind of thinking about that. Like, how in, how is that, did we even think that'd be effective? Like, (laughs) To start with, telling people that they're, you know, bad and then see if they'd come to church. It's like, and I was kind of thinking about that. That's like your wingman, your friend, like telling another, like for Jesus, telling a girl, well, you got it. You ought to marry my friend. That's what God, that's what Jesus calls us into an intimate relationship, like a marriage. Laid himself down for that. But if somebody came up to you and said, you need to marry my friend, like, you need to leave. I'm calling the cops right now. Like, honestly, like, it's creeper. Uh, honestly, like, if there's no relationship there, if there's no invitation there, if there's no, hey, I see where you're at, and that's all right right now, but I have something so much better for you. I have something so much more. Come out of that and follow me. That's what Jesus' invitation is. So love is not a, love is not already, like, yeah, calling out, nitpicking, all that. Like when you're in a marriage and you get the nitpicking, that just doesn't feel warm and fuzzy. So honestly, but it's an invitation. It's Jesus is calling us out like, will you have communion with me? Will you have relationship with me? Jesus is all about love. Jesus is, Jesus is love. The word of God made flesh. So, and God is love. 
So that is who really my heart so goes out for. And I've so been um, pressing into this and diving into this. And like, how do we, how do we show that? How do we do that? How do we walk that out? Um, one of the ministries I really enjoy and I follow quite a bit, I got to an opportunity to go to one of their conferences um, in Columbus recently. And it's Power and Love. It's run by Todd White or Lifestyle Christianity. It's one that Many of you know Mike Benson. It's one that he went through. It's all about just walking as Jesus did, just living out as Jesus did. Um, if you see somebody, you feel the Holy Spirit just moving in your heart, just go to him. Like, you have to pray for him. If you get a word for healing, if you get a word for family, like, go to him. Like, invade people's lives and bring them Jesus. But Jesus is love. Jesus is love. First and foremost, Jesus is love. Like, we can't go out and we should be aggressively pursuing this, but love does not like with anger and mix in like, have you guys ever experienced that? Have you guys, let me just by a show of hands, have you ever heard of anybody like offended at the church from somebody saying something? Okay, like everybody's hands should go up or else you've not like talked to anybody uh, ever. So <laughs> there are things that, and with good intentions, I'm gonna say that with good intentions, we have, we have or others have offended people or have not represented the love of Christ well and foremost. So I like, I, God, I want, I want people, I want people just to know you. I know like nothing that I'm gonna say, nothing that I'm gonna do, nothing that I'm gonna present is gonna really make a difference. But when they know you, when they get the presence of God, when they get the encounter of God, that's a transformational life, that's a miracle of a transformed life that I'm looking for. Because when they get next to your heart, there's no way that they're gonna stay the same. There's no way that they're not gonna just be overwhelmed and awestruck by Jesus. No way. So the whole premise of lifestyle Christianity is like we need to represent Jesus. We need to be, walk as Jesus did. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like First John says, you will be in the likeness of Christ. So. That is like our goal as our attaining because we want to be like Jesus. We want to serve Jesus. We want to be married to Jesus. We want to be intimate with Jesus. A love relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, love God first, but then love your neighbor. So pull up Mark 12, 29 through 30. And this, Jesus is getting questioned like, there's people asking the same questions that I'm asking now in the Bible. Maybe I just got to read it. I do read the Bible all the time, but. It's been answered. Jesus said, like, how do I do this, Jesus? How do I walk this out? But Jesus gave us this answer. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. You got Mark 12? I did not give you that, did I? My bad. That's my fault. It's on here, though. Uh, it's in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater, no other greater commandment than these. Jesus already gave us the answer. Like, Jesus, what does this look like? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like, it's pretty, it's summed up. It's pretty easy to do that. But walking that out, it seems like it, we get a little off balance, a little confused. So I'm like, really trying to walk that out and really trying to press into that no matter where I go. Like I'm, I'm 
kind of people watching. I'm looking at people like, hey, what, you know, Jesus, what do you want to do for them? What do you want me to tell them? What do you want me to, what do you want me to say? How do I, what do they need from you today? I so wanted them to have the revelation of you that they would be transformed. Because like, honestly, before, before this, before I kind of, I did grow up in church, but I, I would say that I was a nominal Christian because I would come, I actually would go to youth group. I'd go to Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, but the fruit of my walk with Jesus, the fruit of my Christian life was some time spent at church. And then I would read a short blip or whatever in, during the day and like my lifestyle did not, did not really show that I was a Christian outside of that. I would show up at church. I wouldn't really be excited about it. Really would just would be there to appease my parents. And then I would, I would go about my business Wednesday, I'd go show up just to kind of like check it off. You know, there was no, for me there before, there was no relationship. There was no intimacy with Jesus. So finally, I just got down walking through that life. It was frustrating. Like it was aggravating. I really felt like I'm walking in the church. I'm walking in the world, but I felt like a hypocrite. So finally, as I write God, one Wednesday night, I remember it was here. It was at, with Pastor Dan. I was just like, you know what? All this stuff, all this stuff was kind of building up, but it was pressing on me. God was really pressing on me. God was like pushing that out. And he said, you know what? Drop all that stuff. Do you really, do you really believe me? Do you really want intimate relationship with me? Or do, are, are you really a Christian? Do we really have a relationship? And I was like, you know what, God, fine. I kind of just like threw up my hands like, all right, fine. You got it, all in. And from that day, like I'm all in and God has been, it wasn't like, a miracle thing that I complete was a new person overnight. He's walking me out and I am really, <clears throat> from that moment, I've really grown close to him. I've really grown fond of him. And I had professed the love of Jesus like all the time. Now that Rich said, like Rich just said when he came up here, he's like, I love God. I'm gonna talk about him. That is where the church needs to be. That is where the church needs to have their rooted and their foundation in that. And so <clears throat> from that, from out of that, like relationship with Jesus is growing and it's getting stronger every day, but I just have like a desperation for this generation, a desperation for the kingdom of God to come, just a desperation for something more. And just my heart breaks for the this generation. The suicide rates are like skyrocketing. They're exponentially growing. Like people on anti-anxiety stuff is just a skyrocketing. We are the most connected social media, but the most lonely generation ever. And it breaks my heart because I know what the Father is saying. I know what the Father wants. I know the Father wants to bring the kingdom to everybody. And it just breaks my heart when I just see things around me, things in my atmosphere that aren't there yet. Even in my own life, like there's things that I see in my life that aren't there yet and I wanna get rid of them. I wanna drop them. I wanna run to the cross. So that may that be your focus. May that be your forefront. If we do anything without that, without that love, we're gonna be, slamming symbols in people's faces, right? So I really love, I'm gonna put a little plug in for our Thanksgiving dinner, but I really do enjoy the Halloween trunk or treat. It is a, just because it's a neutral site, we were out in the community and met a lot of people that never stepped foot in a church before and it's like, hey, Jesus loves you, man, here's some candy. Like, it's pretty simple, it's pretty easy, but it was a smile on your face, it was like, hey, Get your life right with God. Like if we were handing out candy, like get your life right with God. Shame on you. Like if we were going through that, it's like, <clears throat> thanks. Like this candy is probably poison. But uh, honestly, like 
honestly, if it was just something like, and I think it did, honestly, some people think, well, it's just candy, but I really feel like it, those things are what makes an impact in our community. It's like, wait, I, I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like ostracized. I didn't feel like, man, I don't deserve to be here. Like, I'm not part of the club. Like, but it's like, hey, I love you anyway, no matter what. I love you. I love you. I love you. Here's a piece of candy. Love you. I love you. That, what, to me, like, that really kind of, I see, and I notice it. I was, it's like people watch. I love people watching. So if you're doing weird stuff, I'm watching you. Uh, but I, I was watching people's kind of reactions, and there was, I was in the line, I was like, it was freezing, but I was, hey, have some warm-up candy. How you guys doing? I'm glad you're here. Get in there, and, hey, mom and dad, do you need some chocolates to, you know, keep you warm to get in there? So just trying to be personal, welcoming, friendly. But uh, you could just kind of see there was a, I know there's a lot of unchurched people, there was hesitation, like, all right. And then they warmed up to it. Then they warmed up, and it was like, okay, yeah. You guys aren't so bad after all. So um, I want to plug that, but I want to plug like Thanksgiving dinner. We are going to bring in people that hopefully we're going to bring in well over a thousand. Let's shoot for 2,000, Rich. Uh, we're going to bring in a lot of people that don't regularly attend the church. And they're going to be like, what's this, what's this place all about? Why are they feed me for free? Right? Why are they just, why are they taking time out of their holiday weekend, their holiday week, and they're setting all this up so we can just come in and eat for free and go? That's awesome. Like, let you guys figure that out. You guys deal with it. We're just going to love on you. Jesus will do the rest. Jesus will bring you to, to him, right? So, I mean, that is how, like, that is, God's kind of giving me that revelation. And, like, that is really, truly how I want to live my life um, and walk that out. So, I got time. I'll share a quick testimony from the Power and Love Conference. So, what they do is they preach, they talk, and they just, they hit on love, they hit on, you know, sonship, they hit on a lot of key issues, they hit on fear of man, and they just preach the word of God, but then they say, all right, now let's put it into practice. Now all this stuff that you learned at this conference, like, go and do. Just go and pray for people. Just say, hey, looks like you're having a hard day, just want to let you know Jesus loved you. It's simple. We get, like, confused, or we get, like, anxiety build up, and at least I did. I'm just sharing out of my heart, guys, because... That's what God tells me to do. So, but honestly, like, we get anxious and we're like, oh, we got to, how do we do the sinner's prayer? We got to make sure they repent. We got to make sure they make Jesus Lord of their life. But it's like, that stuff is awesome. That's good. But like, why don't we just love first? Why don't we just, like Jesus did. Jesus met needs before he said, all right, now you can clean up your life. Now that you know me, now that you know my goodness, now you, now you'll walk in me, Right? So out of that testimony, and it was kind of a struggle at first because I'm starting to press into this and pray for people like on the spot, basically street evangelism. Hey, I just want to encourage you. Jesus loves you. So we went around Columbus and we we're doing that quite a bit. Um, and I know God was kind of testing my levels of getting a little bit more bold, but then it was the last day and it was interesting to see. We do testimonies. They do testimonies every day and just what God was doing. Like well, I heard everybody else was stepping out in faith and talking about Jesus, so I was like, I, I got to do it too. So a lot of people would come up to the front before the conference and share what God was doing. Amazing, amazing testimonies happen. Like people got their bills paid, just the right amount. There's healings that happen. Some people just were encouraged in the Lord. Somebody brought like eight people to Jesus, like just by engaging with people, just by being out in the world and saying, here, here's Jesus. This is what he's like. He's love. 
So we were, I was hanging out with the same guys. We'd go out, and we were just walking around a mall, which is not my place. I don't care about malls. But uh, there was a lady with, a, like, a Muslim head covering on, and she had a scooter. Like, obviously, her leg was pretty obviously wheeling your foot around like was, her scooter, or her scooter was broke. <laughs> her foot was broke. She had a scooter. Uh, wow. Jesus. Uh, but I was like... I kind of like peeked around the clothes. I was like, I was like, go pray for her. Yeah, but you're Jesus and probably doesn't like you, Jesus. You know, so there was a, and I was thinking like I, right away, like I'm flashing through my head, you know, I go pray and she beats me. I don't know. There was a lot of, a lot of uh, presuppositions that I came and was like, hey, I was like, whatever, I'm doing it. So I go up to this Muslim lady and um, I say, hey, I don't know, what's your name? I was, just, I was like, I see you're rolling around through these clothes with a hurt foot. Like, what's going on? And she's like, I think it was plantar fasciitis, but really sore, bottom of her foot. Couldn't even step on it. It would keep her up at night and whatever else. So we talked for her for a little while. I was like, hey, I really, like, I really want to see you all better. I really want to see your foot healed. Would you mind if I prayed in the name of Jesus for your foot? She, I was like, I was kind of bracing myself. I was like, sure. So that's fine. So and I was like, all right, thank you, Jesus. So I was like, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I command your foot to be better. Plantar fasciitis, be gone. And um, so I prayed for her, and she just, I was, you know, I wanted, like, you're all in suspense. Like, she jumped up, she danced on it. I was like, test out, how's it feel? She's like, okay, thanks. I was like, and, you know, I just walked away. I was like, that was kind of awkward, but I was like, hey, Jesus loves you. And I was like, but as I'm walking away, I was like, Jesus, just have her sleep all night. That pain be gone. I just kept praying for her. She's roll, scooting away. I was like, just, just get her, Jesus. Because honestly, if like if that stepping over that cultural bounding, stepping over that, and just like, hey, I don't really see that head covering. I don't really see that. I just want you to know Jesus. I want Jesus to touch your life. I want Jesus to touch your foot and your foot to be healed instantly. But I want it to be healed tonight. So you're gonna have to deal with that. I'm like, okay, hey. Maybe that weird white guy in the mall was, <laughs> maybe that was it. So, so uh, that's like, I mean, it's just, it's really practical. It's really easy, but it's like, it's fun. It's fun. Like, it's exciting living for Jesus. It's exciting when, like, hey, I just want to share him. I just want to, he did so much for me, I want to share him. So, um, I'll skip that part. Uh, <laughs> you never know what I'm going to. Come to next service. It's going to be completely different. It's going to be. It is. <laughs> it will. Because um, if I can, like, write out everything I'm going to say and read it, or I'm going to make some notes, and then I'm wherever God wants. So uh, this is what I just want to cap off with. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, my remainder of time. But it says, Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads its root out by the roots by the river. It will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. It will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. So abide in him and produce fruit. That's what we're we're called to be a fruity church, right? (laughs) I don't like that name on me, but that's what God calls us to be. But uh, I was just... It was quite a week, I'm not going to lie. So 
This is current events. This is currently what's going on with me. Be abiding in God, be abiding in his word, be abiding in him, be attached to the vine because if you're not attached to him, if something in the world comes like you're quickly withered up, you're quickly anxious, you're quickly, um, you're quickly taken out by the devil. So this week has been, so that's why this message is gonna be different. I'm a little bit tired. My brain's a little foggy, but I'm just gonna preach it because I love Jesus. But uh, devil's kind of been poking me this week and a lot of things have just come up like randomly all at once, not randomly, because I know I'm gonna preach this Sunday to you guys, so it comes. But uh, this week, beginning of the week, I don't know if you guys know my story from the last three years, my heat was out for like months at a time. The beginning of this week starts getting cold. I tested my furnace, got it all ready for the winter, and my heat's out. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. So I like, okay, okay. Hit a reset on it, and it like fired up, and it went, kind of, you know, be good. Shut the door, and then it's like, it's, it's out again. Like So I keep hitting the reset. It's not working. It's not just going to be reset and fixed. So uh, I was like, nightmares are coming back from last year of being out of heat for like two. We were literally out of heat for like all the coldest months of the year, and they got it fixed in March. I was like, cool, guys. Uh, it was cool, literally. No one got it. Jesus. Uh but it was, I was like, I was, that thing happened and I, I was calling up a bunch of heating and cooling guys and they're like, oh, it's that brand. And I heard each one of them on the phone go, ooh. It's like, that's not good. It's like, oh, what is it? It's like, yeah, they, that company's discontinued. It shut down. It's like, hmm, and there's no part. Hallelujah. So uh, that goes on. I was like, oh, man. And they're looking at like, yeah, you might have to completely replace that. And it does our hot water too. So it's like, it's like six or $7,000 to get a new one. I was like, oh, Lord, no. So I go down there. I was like, I laid my hands on my furnace this week. And so devil, get out. Like, I was so mad. And it's like, Satan. So uh, I got that fixed. But honestly, it was Wednesday night. And some of you guys know Leah's actually recovering in the hospital. But she started feeling sick. And I was like, okay, you know, hope and she was like, well, maybe it's the flu. She'll kick it. But no, and my wife, like, Leah, she's a pretty strong girl. She'll power through the flu and take care of all of us. But she was kind of down and out. and like, okay, this isn't this ain't good. So anyways, this week, Leah's got it. She's recovering now, but she had a bowel obstruction. So she needed to have surgery this week. And so it's like, oh. So I get, I'm going to get emotional about it. But I'm going to keep smiling because how about this devil? So... <laughs> How do you like me now? So basically, if he's going to start poking me, I'm going to take his finger and cram it in his eye. So hopefully all you guys are going to get something out of this today. But honestly, it's like, man, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things going on. There's, there's always things going on with your kids. And we got, and so like it was overwhelming. It was just, it was coming at me this week, I felt like. And I was just like, I got to a point, I was like, oh, what's the point? Like, God, like, what is the point? And I teach Sometimes, like every week, I teach middle schoolers, and I'm thinking, oh, what's the, you know, they're getting it. Slowly but surely, they're getting it, but I'm thinking, what's the point sometimes? And it's like, God just brought me back, and he kind of, he resettles me, he refocuses me, and it's like, okay, that's all going on. That's all just noise. That's all just the devil, like, <clears throat> making noise, making distractions. So, <clears throat> Pastor Dan said, you know, you got to bring a boombox, like, turn on some worship music. He's like, boombox is two decades ago, Pastor Dan. 
not just one, that's two decades. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, it's it what I did. I just, I mean, I, we cranked up some worship music and said, you know what? I'm praising God because the, the Bible says that he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. When you can get up and you can speak, you can preach just because Jesus, you're worth it. Jesus, you are good. Jesus, you are, you're worthy of all of my affection. And this noise, this racket, you've got it. You've got it. So, it, but I'm, I'm like, I'm proud that I'm quickly getting to that point. But in the moment, I was like, I was kind of yelling at the devil in my furnace, like devil get out of you. But <clears throat> it's frustrating. But you, when you recenter, when you refocus, when you say, you know what? I'm taking my hands off it and I just lifted my hands up and I just worship Jesus. And I feel peace. Like I feel awesome today. The worship was amazing today. And it's just like, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. All the things, all this world, like it all centers to him. It all refocuses to him. And that's where I want to be. So it's, when you, when you get squeezed in life, when you get squeezed, this is an analogy I'll just leave you with. When you get squeezed, when a Christian gets squeezed, Christian ought to come out. They have the analogy that when you squeeze oranges, you don't get apple juice, right? So when your furnace breaks, your wife gets sick, you see that like apple juice shouldn't be kind of on my orange, right? Christianity should not be going into the world and I should not be responding the way that the devil would want me to respond. I will respond in Christ because I love him, because I know he's got this. My confidence, my blessed assurance is in him. And I thought it was just so cool. I'm going to finish with this, but uh, you know, when you, uh, when you're coming out of anesthesia, Leah's not here, so it's just, <laughs> when you're coming out of anesthesia, I mean, you are, you are an open book. You are, <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass my wife, but you are an open book. Like, so, Leah does not drink, so she does not go there, like, but she's just, anesthesia is the truth serum, so she's coming out of it, but she's like, but when Leah's coming in there, and she's like, it was, there he goes. (laughs) Sorry, this is the second one she's had, so she was, second time this has happened so it's really discouraging oh, come on God what, where are you at singing that we're praising like god this is you you can do this like in just a second you can you can take care of this we had to walk through the surgery but then when uh leah comes out and she's on she's a little loopy and speaking she's like you go you you preach this week and you tell them how good god is um, (laughs) but i was like i was there like just I was kind of fighting, man. You know, this is this is my wife. It's like, come on, devil. Don't mess with her. But I... <coughs> it's like, don't mess with her, but she... And hope, and hope against all hope. She's like, he's good. 
He's good. He's worth it. So I want like, that is my heart. That is my cry that this church walks in that. Everybody walks in that. Everybody is like that. When we're squeezed, when we're pressed, Christ comes out. That no matter where we go, we're overflowing with Christ. We're walking in Christ. That is the love of Christ. That is what he wants. He wants a relationship. That no matter, we don't know what he's doing. Even we don't see him. He's working the song said, like, we don't see what you're doing, God, but you're working. You're doing something here. You're doing something good and you're doing something for our benefit and for our good. I know it. I know it. Contend for your faith. Contend for that relationship. Contend. Strive for the faith. Abide in him, you won't be shaken. Abide in him, you'll bear fruit. Abide in him. Grow close to him. Be intimate with him. Or else this, this church, what's it worth? Honestly, if we're not intimate and close in relationship with Jesus, what is this? I talked to our youth, I was like, what is the point of church? What is the point of it? It's not a building, it's not the song. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's a marriage relationship, it's closeness, it's unity. It's representing Christ. So I don't ever like closing a service, like I want to give you a charge, I want to give you the opportunity to get close to Jesus, make it right with Jesus. Say, hey, that's me. Like I I know in my heart that I want that. I know in my heart I long for that. And no matter what happens, I'm pressing into you. I'm pressing you. I'm locked into you. I'm rooted in you. You are my source, God. Let nothing move you. I want, like, I gotta give, I gotta give an invitation right now. Like, if you, if that's not you, like, if you're thinking, man, I, if I'm missing it, if I don't feel the love of God, if I don't, if I'm not expressing the love of God, I'm not walking in it. I'm not like excited to share Jesus. I'm not excited about what he's doing. Do we have a relationship with him? Are we close to him? Are we feeling his heart? Are we praying with God? Are we moving with God? I did have statistics and share a couple, but they say, it depends on where you look to, but a Barna study said there is about 29, 30% Christian in the world. Only 7% of them are excited to share the gospel. And it said only 2% of them will ever lead one person to Jesus. Not like, oh man. 7% are excited to share the good news of Jesus. preaching was a three point message was what changes the world the world be saved by now but it's what how we live it out how we walk it out how we express and show Jesus to the world preaching is good learning about God is good but it's about what we do when we go out here we need to be a missionally minded church I love the sign on the end of our driveway you're entering our mission field 
for him because he first loved you. Come back to your first love. I want to just, I'm just going to invite you. Right now, Holy Spirit, I just want you to speak to every heart. It says that when you stand before God, when you stand before the King of Kings, you'll either be ashamed or you'll be unashamed. You'll know where your heart is right now in this moment. You'll know in your heart when you see yourself in the throne room of God, is there something that's holding you back from being running to him, being close to him, like, God, you can't love me because I got this going on. God, you can't, I'm not, I'm not worthy of your love. God says, that's not true. Lay it all down and just run to me. Get close to me, be intimate with me. There's freedom in that. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. Liberty. That's where the freedom is, is knowing that you're right standing before God. The blessed assurance. So this is the altar call. This is how this is going to work out. If you want that, if you want that close, intimate relationship where you're unashamed before your king of kings, when you can come to boldly to the throne room of grace, if you can be in that place and you say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, here I am. There needs to be a stake driven in the ground and said, no more. Like, this is this is how I want to live. This is where I'm at. I want you to just stand up and run up here. If that's what you, if that's what you desire, is an intimate, close relationship with Jesus Christ, stand to your feet and come up here. I'm bringing people up and there's a point to that. A lot of times we do the closed-eyed, hand-raised, hand-raised altar call profession. But there's something about wildly declaring that I love Jesus. And I don't care what my neighbor's saying here. This is a church, guys. This is a safe place. And if it made a difference if your neighbor was thinking, if you're worried about what your neighbor's looking at you, raising your hand or not, is it really, is your decision for Jesus, is it really a lifestyle change? Is that really going to be an all-in decision? I'm, a, I'm looking for all-in. I'm looking for an all-in. Jesus is looking for an all-in.
every room, every thought, every, every area of our lives, you can have it all, Jesus. I'm done with the church being soft and playing games. It's all about Jesus. It's all about loving him. positioning us for a move of him, a move of God like none before because he's coming for an unspotted bride. A bride that's totally in love with him, totally engaged with him, living every moment for him. That's what he's coming for. The rapture is not a rescue mission. He's coming for his bride. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just open up your hands and receive. Jesus, thank you for the cross. I love you, Jesus. I am fully yours. All of my heart, all of my strength, all of my soul, I give to you. I live for you, Jesus. your bride oh and I love you I just Jesus I put a stake in the ground from now on it's all you come and live inside of me give me your eyes give me your hands your your ears your mind overflow of our relationship I just want to love others too Lord God give me a desire for this generation for the lost I want them to know you too Jesus in this week or this whole congregation as we walk in you and we move towards you Lord God that we would touch and impact our community Jesus that you would put people in our path Lord God that we're going to share love of God because you're worth it we're not scared of man we have the fear of the Lord ruling our lives God we want to honor you with our lives in Jesus mighty name Amen